Chapter Ten of William, an Englishman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. William, an Englishman by Cicely Hamilton. Chapter Ten. With the conviction that no one was heeding his comings and goings, a certain amount of assurance came back to William Tully and as the way cleared before him he set off down the street without any attempt at concealment by house-to-house visitation he sought for his wife through the village it was there she had been taken from him and he thrust back the deadly suspicion that she need not have remained in the place where she had disappeared from his sight there was not a closed door in the length of the street and nowhere was his entrance barred the call to arms had temporarily cleared the houses of the invaders quartered in them and he ran from one doorway to another unhindered calling on griselda as he entered looking into every room and then out to repeat the process the two first houses were empty from garret to cellar but with signs of having been left recently and hurriedly by the soldiers billeted therein odds and ends of military kit were scattered about chairs overturned and left lying and in one room a kitchen on a half-extinguished fire a blackened frizzle of meat in a frying-pan filled the air with a smell of burning the third house he thought likewise empty downstairs there was the same litter overthrown furniture and food half eaten on the table but opening the door of an upper room he came on a woman with three children the woman started to her feet as the door opened a child hugged to her bosom and other two clinging to her skirt and william had a passing impression of a plump pallid face with lips apart and wide wet eyes half imploring and half defiant one of the children was crying its mouth was rounded in a roar but you heard nothing of its vigorous plaint for the louder din without william made a gesture that he meant to be reassuring shut the door and ran back into the street he went in and out desperately like a creature hunted or hunting and having drawn blank in house after house the deadly thought refused to be thrust and kept under if they had taken her away she might be anywhere east or west gone in any direction and leaving no clue for her following anywhere in a blind incomprehensible world where men killed men and might was right and life as he knew it from his childhood up had ended in an orgy of devilry he went on running from house to house while shells screamed and burst and guns clattered by and no man gave heed to his running or the tumult and torture of his fears upstairs and down and out again upstairs and down and out he was nearing the end of the street when he found her at last in the upper back room of a little white house some yards beyond the building in flames and not far from the spot where they had seen the hostages die she was alone and did not move when he flung the door open crouched in a corner with her head on her knees she neither saw nor heard him for an instant it seemed to him that his strength would fail him for gladness and he staggered and held to the door as the giddiness passed he ran to her babbling inaudible relief and pulled the hands from her face he had an instant's glimpse of it white and tear-marked with swollen lips and red eyes then as his arms went round her and he had her up from the floor it went down on his shoulder and was hidden he felt her clinging to him trembling against him sobbing against him while he held her and all his soul was a passion of endearment and thankfulness so for a minute or two perhaps longer they clung to each other reunited 
until william his sense of their peril returning sought to urge his wife to the door she came with him for a step or two her head still on his shoulder then suddenly she shivered and wrestled in his arms thrust him from her rushed back to the end of the room and leaned against it shaking with misery her arm was raised over her hidden face and pressed against the wall and he saw what he had not seen before that the sleeve was torn and the flesh near the wrist bruised and reddened he saw also his eyes being opened that it was not only her hair that was tumbled all her dress was disordered and awry there was another tear under the armpit where the sleeve had given way and the white of her underlinen showed through the gap his heart cried out to him that she had struggled merely as a captive had been restrained from brute force from escaping but his own eyes had seen that she turned from him as if there was a barrier between them as if there was something to hide that yet she wished him to know for a moment he fought with a certainty and then it came down on him like a storm for once in his life his imagination was vivid and he saw with the eyes of his mind as clearly as with the eyes of his body all the details the animal details her cries and her pitiful wrestlings and the phrase licentious soldiery personified in the face of the man who had been griselda's jailer round and roughly good-humoured in repose with black eyebrows and a blue-black chin he caught her by the hands and said something to her jerked out words that stammered and questioned and she sobbed and turned her face from him again after that he could not remember what he felt or how long he stood in the middle of the room oblivious of danger and staring at her heaving shoulders and the tumbled hair that covered them but it seemed to him that he talked and moved his hands and hated and did not know what to do in the end there must have come to him some measure of helpless acquiescence or perhaps he was quieted and taken out of himself by the need of giving help to griselda after how long he knew not he found himself once more with his arms around her she let him take her hand he kissed it and stroked her poor hair this time she came with him when he led her to the door and they went down the stairway together near the street door she hesitated and halted and he saw she had something to say where are we going she asked with her lips to his ear can we get away he told her he thought so that now was the time when they might slip away unnoticed trying to encourage her by the assumption of a greater confidence than he felt fortune favoured them however and the assumption of confidence was justified though the bombardment had slackened as suddenly as it had begun the remnant of german soldiery left in the place was still too much occupied with its own concerns to interfere with a couple of civilians seeking safety in the rear of the fire zone and no one paid any heed to them as they made their way along the street they turned inevitably westward away from the guns down the road they had come that morning two hunted dishevelled little figures keeping well to the wall and glancing over their shoulders the crush of wagons of guns and men had moved forward and out of the village which for the moment seemed clear of all but non-combatants save for the ubiquitous cyclist who dashed backwards and forwards in his dust an ambulance was discharging its load at a building whence waved the red cross and near at hand but out of sight a battery was thudding regularly but of the few uniformed figures in the street itself there was none whose business it was to interest himself in their movements they hurried on clinging to each other and hugging the wall except when a heap of fallen brickwork 
a derelict vehicle or other obstacle forced them out into the road they were almost at the entry of the village when they came upon such an obstacle the upper part of one of the endmost houses had evidently been struck by a shell for a large slice of roof and outside wall had crumbled to the pathway below it had crumbled but recently since the dust was still clouding thickly above the ruin and veiling the roadway beyond it hence as they skirted its borders it was not until he was actually upon them that they were aware of a motorcyclist speeding furiously out of the dusk the roar of the battery a few yards away had drowned the whir of his machine and griselda was almost under it before she had warning of its coming the stooping rider yelled and swerved but not enough to avoid her she went down flung sideways while the cyclist almost ran on to the heap of rubble on his right then recovering his balance dashed forward and was lost in the dusk save for that momentary swerve and stagger he had passed like a bolt on his errand leaving griselda crumpled in the road at william's feet to his mind no doubt a mishap most luckily avoided griselda lay without moving her face to the dust and for one tortured moment william thought the life beaten out of her but when he raised her her lips moved as if in a moan and as he dragged her for safety to the side of the road she turned her head on his arm he laid her down while he ran for water from the river panted to its brim soaked his handkerchief for lack of a cup brought it back and pressed it to her forehead her eyes when she opened them were glazed with pain and her lips drawn tightly to her teeth when he wanted to raise her to a sitting position she caught his hand thrust it from her and lay with her white face working so she lay for minutes that seemed hours with her husband kneeling beside her men passed them but stayed not and once when william looked up a car was speeding by with helmeted officers inside it too intent on their own hasty business of death to have so much as a glance to spare for a woman in agony of bodily pain and a man in agony of mind the night had come down before griselda was able to move with its fall the nearby battery was silenced and the distant thunder less frequent so that william was able to hear her when she spoke and asked him to lift her he sobbed for joy as he lifted her gently and trembling lest he hurt her she sat leaning on his arm breathing painfully and telling him in jerks that it was her side that pained her most her left side and her left arm but most of all her side at first she seemed dazed and conscious only of her sufferings whimpered about them pitifully with intervals of silence but after ten minutes or so she caught his sleeve and tugged it let's get away help me up he suggested that she should rest a little longer but she urged him with trembling let's get away and he had perforce to raise her in spite of the fever for flight that had taken possession of her she cried out as he helped her to her feet and stood swaying with her eyes shut and her teeth bitten hard together he would have lain her down again but she signed a no no at the attempt and gripped at his shoulder to steady herself then after a moment guided his arm round her body so that he could hold her without giving unnecessary pain you mustn't press my side i couldn't bear it but if you put your hand on my shoulder they moved away from the village at a snail's pace griselda leaning heavily on her husband behind them at first was the red light from burning houses but as they crawled onwards the darkness of the valley closed in on them until in the sombre shadow of the cliff william could only distinguish his wife's face 
as a whitish patch upon his shoulder when she groaned as she did from time to time he halted to give her relief but she would never allow him to stand for more than a minute or two after a few painful breaths there would come the tug of her fingers at his coat that was the sign to move forward again once or twice she whispered to know if any one were coming after them and he could feel her whole body a-quiver with fear at the thought barred in by cliff to right and river to left they kept perforce to the road or rather to the turf that bordered it the traffic on the road itself had not ceased with the falling of night cars were coming up and guns were coming up and the valley was alive with their rumble and at every passing griselda shrank and her fingers shivered in their grip upon william's sleeve can't we get away from them she whispered at last right away and hide can't we turn off the road he said helplessly that he did not know where until they reached the entrance to their valley it's all cliff and the river on the other side she had known it without asking there was nothing for it but to drag herself along to both the distance was never ending griselda's terror of recapture communicated itself to her husband and he shivered even as she did at the rattle of a passing car instinctively they kept to the shadow stumbling in its blackness over the uneven ground below the cliff once when a couple of patrolling horsemen halted near them in the roadway they crouched and held their breath during an eternity of dreadful seconds while they prayed that they had not been noticed it seemed to william that his heart stopped beating when one of the horsemen walked his beast a yard or two nearer and flashed a light into their faces but the man having surveyed them turned away indifferently and followed his comrade down the road that was just before they came to the gap in the heights that led into the valley of silence as they entered it for the last time in both their minds was the thought that they might find it barred to them and the beating of their hearts was loud in their ears as they crept into its friendly shadow the woods griselda whispered they turned into the woods and took cover and with a yard or two the blackness under the trees had closed in on them blotting out all things from sight they halted because they could see to walk no further let me down griselda said and her husband knew by the gasp in her voice that she was at the end of her powers of endurance he explored with an outstretched hand for a tree trunk and lowered her gently to the ground with her back supported against it she panted relief as he sat down beside her and groped for her fingers in the darkness so they sat holding to each other and enveloped in thickest night the guns had died down altogether and the rumble from the road though almost continuous was dulled so that william could hear his wife's uneven breathing and the stealthy whisper of the trees he sat holding griselda's hand and staring into the blackness a man dazed and confounded who yesterday was happy lover and self-respecting citizen and to-day had suffered stripes been slave and fugitive learned the evil wrought on his wife thinking on it afterwards he wondered that he had closed an eye yet he had sat in the darkness but a very few minutes when swiftly and without warning he fell into a heavy sleep End of chapter 10 recording by expatriate in bangor maine